0: Welcome back to Titty Tattles. It's been more than a year since we've been on air. Phoebe and I have been swarmed with work. Big life changes, right Phoebe?
1: I would tell you the details, but I don't want to spill all the secrets on the line.
0: And how about you? Well, I uh, I finally finished my master's degree in English literature. So, yeah, oh my God, that thesis was... I would like to say it was life-changing because it was, but more of it was traumatizing. So, but that's for another episode. <laughs> Alright, so we're very sorry that live caught up with this, but after a year-long hiatus, um, Phoebe and I have come back with new content, cool topics, and that we want to share with you. In our second season, we'll branch out to various aspects of life from cross-cultural female perspectives, and our topics will include but will not be limited to film, relationships, lifestyle, and the workplace. So stay tuned because we have a lot to share. Very nice. So I hope that
1: you're very excited for our inaugural episode of the second season. <laughs> and this episode, we want to talk about an important step in adulting and in a relationship, uh, mm. living together as a couple. Mm. So Sydney and I have had very different experiences with this. I'm currently living together with my fiancé, and we have been living together for about two years now. Sydney has not lived together with someone she's been in a relationship with, but she has given a lot of thought to how it would work if she takes that plunge. So there are a lot of fun questions to discuss here and very practical and useful ones if you're considering moving in with someone, such as what is the difference between living together as a couple and with flatmates? What do you need to consider to make sure that moving in together is the right choice for you? And what are your pet peeves in living with someone else and how to handle that? So I'm sure you're on the edge of your seat if you're considering moving in with someone or not. But first of all, before we get too deep into living (laughs) together as a couple, Sydney has recently made the big step of living independently on her own. Sydney, how does it feel? Oh, where do
0: I start? Um, How do I feel about living alone? God, I love having this much space. I, I (laughs) I love walking around braless. In my underwear, that's something you never get with a roommate, with your family, or I don't know, with a partner, but I'd still be a little bit self-conscious about just wearing my bra and my underwear. Um, oh, I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I am so happy because it is so nice that you do not have to feel pressured to clean up. It is... My God, you have yeah. no idea. Like, you know, when you're just mentally stressed and you're like, I'll do the dishes tomorrow. But if you're living with someone, you're even though they won't pressure you into doing it, you feel guilty. And the only guilt I feel right now about my dishes is in case some bugs come out, because that's possible in Taiwan. Um <laughs> but bugs don't have emotions and I can kill them at some point. But um <laughs> ew. but with a boyfriend or a roommate, that's just it's a, it's a lot more complicated. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what do I love? I love, I love being able to come back from work, um, after a long week and have a glass of wine and just, this sounds dumb. It's just to lie on the living room floor and just stare at the ceiling and enjoy the buzz. And feel so thankful about having that very private and intimate moment with yourself. And, oh, I I deal with stress in that very Monica Geller sense from friends. Um, and so when I do get stressful, I love to reorganize my house and clean it in a very Monica Geller like, OC yep. type of style. Yes. And that just doesn't happen when you have a roommate or when you're with your family because you just have so little control. Um, so it's, Yeah. Yeah, it's so liberating to be able to decorate my space on my turns. I know
1: I, I feel exactly the same about moving into my own space though I'd like to say I can do most of these things even though I live together with my fiance I think wow. the only thing I can't do is uh, go to the toilet with the door open
0: yeah I do that a lot I have a <laughs> I said I wasn't going to share this but I feel like I should uh, my TV is positioned in a very specific angle where if I am in the toilet I can still see the TV and it, and it's at that perfect angle so whether I'm showering or in the toilet it's just it's very convenient that's all i'm gonna say it's just so <laughs> you're making yeah. me want to set up a tv in my bathroom
1: like imagine just having a nice soak and still being able to watch some tv i feel
0: like you, you should be able to you should be able to you
1: <laughs> should oh well, what does your experience living on your own tell you about um what you should think about before you move in together with someone
0: yeah, so I remember when we were talking about, like, me moving out and stuff. And, you know, I'm I, um, obviously the topic of living together with someone came up, which is why we have this episode. And yeah. and I did spend some time ruminating over the difference between living alone living with a roommate, with your parents, etc. And it's because of this experience I'm able to realize that you need – I wouldn't say you need because a lot of people didn't have the luxury to do so and they still turn out fine. But I, I feel like for myself or people like me – it's very important to live in your space for a certain, like a significant period of time because you need to know who you are apart from your family. That's part A. Yes. And then you need to know that when there's no one around, what relaxing feels like for you. And that defines how you later learn how to interact with others, whether in a safe distance or more intimately. It's very easy for us to idealize what a romantic partner is, is and how it feels like to live with them um especially like because this is very common in taiwan when you when it turns out that living with your parents is stressful and you're at that part of the at that stage of the relationship where you should move to the next step either through marriage or just moving out because it's convenient it's Mm -hmm. very easy to take that leap because living with parents when you're after 25 is really stressful um and It's a very financially wise concern because rent is ridiculous in Taiwan, in Taipei mostly. And it's really hard to even invest in real estate. Yeah. So being able to move out helps you realize that, hey, this is what I am. Uh, I like wearing my underwear a lot. I prefer not to close the door when I'm in the bathroom. (laughs) I'm not that keen on doing the dishes, but I will if I have to. I like organizing things a certain way. I need to spend time alone. I like talking to plants. Um, And when you have that like trial run with yourself, and you like you've tried everything with you know what it feels like to be living alone, you've gone through all the details. It's kind of like dealing with a machine. You've learned where you need grease, where it's okay to switch that screw into a different one. You know, when you figure out all those kinks, kinks. Then you know how to deal with compromise because you can't have it. Like you can't have your space hundred percent when you're living with someone, but knowing how much space you need helps you learn how to work around those boundaries. Right. I can imagine what my mom
1: would say. If I said that (laughs) what I learned about living on my own is that I like to not wear any
0: pants and not
1: close the door when I go to the loo. My mom would be like, well, you should have learned that.
0: Well, that's very important. You need to know what it's like to be very raw by yourself for you to develop some type of understanding of how to share that version of you yeah. with someone yeah right? and from a
1: more spiritual perspective you understand who you are on your own because if you go straight from your family into a relationship then you know I feel like there are these people who can't not be in a relationship because they're just they don't know how to be with themselves they they get too lonely but if you have this experience to just find out who you are and mm-hmm. how to be with yourself whether it's talking to plants or mm-hmm. <laughs> enjoying a coffee on your own, yeah. then you, you know where your lines are when you're compromising in a relationship.
0: And you owe that to yourself and your person to be aware of that because they're not your family. I mean, you can yell at your mom and she's still going to be your mom, right? And she'll nag at you and you will not disown her, right? But your partner has the choice to you actually would leave close. you. get close. Yeah. <laughs> in Asia, probably. Yeah, but like, you know, your partner does have that choice because there's not family. And yeah, in order to have, a, I wouldn't say successful, I feel like that's a very black and white term, but to have, let's say, a more mindful and I'd say... Mm-hmm. Good word. Yeah, m- much like just to have a relationship that works, a healthy relationship, you owe it to both you and your partner to understand what you want, what your needs are. For it Yeah.
1: To and it, it's kind of a modern luxury that we're yes, able that to is. have this time to find ourselves and be on our own. And people do it in different ways, whether it's like going on a trip on your mm-hmm. own or doing something that you always wanted to, but you were kind of scared of or just having some time to live on your own. I, mm-hmm. I think it's it doesn't always have to be just living on your own, but, mm-hmm. you know, discover who you are first before yes. you move in with someone else, like, mm-hmm. get to that level of commitment in a relationship.
0: Yeah. But speaking of which, um, based on what I know, you probably have more experience living with other people. I've had like two roommates for very short periods of time, and we were not in an intimate relationship. So I guess some things were still avoided, not in the most healthy sense, but they were avoided. And I would imagine that it would be harder to avoid those certain things with an intimate partner. So... Because, Phoebe, you have more experience, would you like to share a little bit about, you know, what would be your big, biggest pet peeves when it comes to living with your, uh, living with your significant other or just mm-hmm. with anyone else that you're involved with?
1: I think it's not necessarily any very specific thing. Like, hmm. sometimes specific things annoy me. Like <laughs> if you don't put your garbage in the bin and you leave it <laughs> anywhere. I now understand why my mom gets so mad at me when, when I do that. Uh, I totally get that. I think if if people in a relationship, if you're living together, someone, the other person might do something that annoys you. That's totally normal. Mm -hmm. If you do nothing that annoys each other, that would be really weird. But I I think that's fine. But don't make me ask too many times about (laughs) putting your garbage in the bin. Like if I've Mm -hmm. said that, that's something that bothers me. I I hope that's something that you keep in mind because you care about how I feel and you respect Mm -hmm. that it's my space as well. And mm. equally, I I find it important that we're both putting a good amount of effort into the home. In my notes, I wrote an equal amount of effort, but I think maybe that's not quite the the right term because mm. it's not about doing 50-50 amount of housework, but feeling that you're both um, taking taking responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I've had two experiences living mm. together in, in a relationship, oh, yes. uh, one with an ex and one with my current fiance and mm-hmm. what I found really annoying in, in my past relationship is that I, I'm not someone who's very Monica Geller I don't care about the space <laughs> being in perfect pristine condition but when I lived with the the ex sometimes I felt like um, it. I was responsible for the home like if I told him to do something like mop up he would do it but he wouldn't think about it until I told him to and it's like it's both of our space why can't you see that there's something that needs to be done? Why are you waiting for me to tell you? And then I sound like a nagging wife.
0: It's also very gendered behavior, right? Because like he almost assumes that because you're taking care of the house and you're a woman, you're naturally much more nurturing to the living space that he doesn't have to deliver the same type of effort to help you cultivate that space. Right. Hmm. I, yeah. I would be so annoyed, especially when you do realize that it's because he's a dude and he's somehow entitled to behave like that and no one gives them shit about that. Yeah, that makes me really angry. <laughs> well, but I actually have an experience living with um, someone who whose hygiene behaviors or habits were very different from mine. And I didn't realize how Monica I was until that happened. <laughs> so was but... that with
1: a flatmate and then you, you you felt awkward about communicating it?
0: Yeah, and I felt like I didn't want to judge her because I feel like I have my lazy moments. But um, I, so I don't think that not being clean is a gendered thing. Uh, I feel like if you're living with a lazy person who doesn't care about personal hygiene, then it doesn't matter if they're a guy or a girl. They're going to drive you nuts. Yeah, but I feel like with men and women, especially in, in intimate relationships, it's really hard to ignore the fact that this is a domestic space. Women are generally associated with being good in domestic spaces, responsible in domestic spaces. So when your significant other who happens to be a male ignores the effort that he needs to put in, and you're a woman and you're cleaning the house, it really irks you as you know from a female perspective. It's
1: really frustrating and I, I think there's this concept of invisible housework because yeah. if you're not the one who does it, you just think that the spaces stay clean on their own, clothes just get washed. And mm-hmm. it's easy not to notice the, the effort that's put into
0: keeping the space nice. Also when I don't say I don't mean to offend the male popul the, the cisgender male population, but <laughs> to be fair, unless you've unless you live in a culture where you have to live alone and you have to be somehow responsible and you care about your personal hygiene. I suppose that many men are not, especially from I'd say, men that are like a generation above us, like more mid-generation above us, I think not not being able to be domestically mindful. I'm marketing this really subtly. <laughs> 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 domestically mindful somehow is it's just accepted it, I, let me put it this way men are applauded yeah. for doing housework that's that it's a it's an age-long discussion there's nothing new about this but they're still applauded. yeah it's like oh i'm you helping know, my wife do housework i applaud for you live doing here housework. Too. i know like you still unintentionally do this even though you're aware that it should be a 50 50 effort and you either find someone who cares about personal hygiene this in the same level as you do or you don't but for somehow when the guy does it better you just you're grateful it's sad you're just grateful that they're not dirty <laughs> and i think my standards are not high i i, I don't
1: really care <laughs> if if the space is untidy some of the time but hmm. I, I want to know that you're thinking about it as well, the same way yes. that I'm thinking about it. Like when yeah. we talk about it, if you're like, oh, I know that we haven't been so great in keeping things clean lately. And mm-hmm. I, I think we, we should step that up. And then I'm like, good. So we're on the same page.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: Even if we can't put in the effort, like he said, if you're living alone, sometimes you just don't feel like doing the dishes immediately.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So, sometimes you can invest in a dishwasher, which is like the best invention ever. Mm-hmm. And, I think that would (laughs) cut out so many arguments Arguments. that couples have. But Anyway, getting a bit far away from the topic, but I just want to say that Mm -hmm. based on my two moving in experiences, I -hmm. think what made it work is don't rush too much into moving in with someone when, when you're in the honeymoon stage and you're like, everything is great. And you would just assume that things are going to work out when you move in together because you you think that you're really on the same page with them. But I think having that first experience that didn't work out. So the first time I I decided to move in with a guy, I think it was because of reality reasons. Mm, I think, it just made sense at the time, he didn't have somewhere to stay. So I was like, okay, so just move into my space and we we can share the rent and stuff. And yeah. I think that's a really common situation
0: for people these days. It's but, very common, not just for moving. And even people get married because of logistics, not because they're ready in that stage of their relationship.
1: Yeah. And it's understandable, <laughs> but let's aspire to not to do, have that as the whole yeah, reason. To that do you're more. In. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember at the time when we moved in, my my mom was really stressed and she she called me um, to tell me that she didn't approve of my decision. And she was like, Uh her reason was about my reputation, that I I was moving in with someone. And obviously I was like, well, that's (laughs) stupid and sexist. so I didn't listen to her. But the more reasonable um, reason for not moving in was that we really hadn't thought it through. I, I was just going with my feelings in that I like this person I want to be closer with them and mm-hmm. it makes sense financially for us to move in. So we did. And I, I don't think that was a good idea. We didn't talk it through. We didn't set our expectations of how we would live together. So I think that led to some of the problems that we had while we were living together. Mm-hmm. Then having had that experience once I was moving in together with my fiance now, we, we definitely took it slow and we considered it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. We... We also had a really intense honeymoon stage and it was during mm. COVID as well. Aww. So we were staying with each other a lot as well. And uh, I think only three months into our relationship, there was a point where I considered it because I was moving out of my student accommodation and he was also living in a flat share. So I was like, oh, maybe we could just move in together. But mm. as tempting as that was, we very maturely discussed it <laughs> and thought that it was too soon. It's only been three months. We, we mm. should live on our own for a bit more. So we, we carried on for a while, just having this separate space.
0: You guys also had a period like just trying to get to get used to each other, you know, sharing more space together, right? It wasn't like you went yeah. from, like, yeah, from a long distance relationship without seeing the person to like immediately sharing the same living quarters.
1: Yeah, we had a stage where we would stay at each other's places for several days at a time and then go back to our own for, for a little while. But mm-hmm. that was good to have because you still have your own space and you, you can kind of mock out what would happen if you live together, but you you can still go back to your alone space. So I think that's a good transition between living mm-hmm. alone and then yeah. going to living together. So if that's possible, you could like have a little trial run of living mm-hmm. together. Let's t- live together for a week and see how it works. And uh, uh-huh. then, when we eventually actually decided to move in together, we talked mm-hmm. it through a lot. We talked about like how we would split the rent, how we mm-hmm. would deal with chores, and how it would affect our relationship and having alone time. So we we really prepared a lot before actually moving in, and I think that helped to cut out any of the possible conflicts that we could have.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's very important that to know that you should prepare, but preparing doesn't it doesn't eliminate conflict. But it's kind of like you are setting up a toolbox with the adequate amount of tools. Whereas when you do deal deal with certain situations, you're not, like, you're capable of mitigating the damage instead of letting it blow up in your face. I think that's very Mm. important for a a healthy relationship. Yeah. But I, I would like to follow up on your experience because you did say that your previous one wasn't that ideal. And it was the result of rushing in because of logistics. And apart apart from it not being mindful um, of the domestic sphere, uh, what were other things that were more in relation to like personal space or personal needs that were outside of like, you know, the material realm that you found were stressful for you to deal with in previous experiences but you were able to navigate that much more wisely today with your fiance oh yeah
1: good that you mentioned because I I think I forgot to mention the part about having your alone space Mm -hmm. um one one more of the things that I didn't talk about in the first time that I moved in together with someone so it's like you you live and learn right so the the first time we moved in together, we, we were sharing a really small space, and mm-hmm. I didn't think that would matter because we liked each other so much at the time, but it gets so stressful just not having time to yourself, and mm-hmm. we, we didn't talk about it, so... I think we both subconsciously wanted more space, but we we didn't realize that enough to talk about it maturely. And then Mm -hmm. we we had this really weird situation where we were sort of sharing the space, but in different time zones because he didn't have to work a nine to five. So he just Mm -hmm. stayed up later and later to have his alone time. Mm -hmm. And it ended up to the point where he was like sleeping during the day and like doing his stuff (laughs) during the night. And it was just really weird. Mm -hmm. It was like having a long distance relationship while being in the same house
0: that is bizarre hmm. I don't, that's I the like sort of thing that can ideal... happen when you don't talk it through i know it's either ideal because you've talked it through so you kind of manage that schedule where everyone's comfortable or it's just like avoiding your problems and that just becomes a default of everything i in think the it was more in the avoiding <laughs> your problems sphere. oh yeah, wow that's interesting because like I think the biggest thing, because I don't have intimate relationships to draw upon. The most intimate part is with my family, but that's a different story, which I can briefly discuss. Basically, with your parents, they own the house. They pay for most of the things. You only have this relationship with your room, which is a combination of your whole childhood, which makes saying goodbye to things and reorganizing things that more harder and when yeah. you start branching out to like the common space when you have your personality developing in the dining room in the kitchen in the living room that clashes with your parents and it's a different dynamic and it's it's just something you have to work through if you if you do really need to live with your parents but in terms of working with a flatmate i think i think i was really i'm asian so communication in a, in a more direct sense, is not my forte, especially we have so much influence from the Japanese colonization. Um, mm. We just avoid conflict at all costs. Um, and I feel like because of general colonization from the West, whether it was from Europeans or from America, has left us with this sense of like, you, you're still kind of intimidated when you talk to an American, especially if they're white or if they've grown up there. Um, and that's something that took me a while to overcome during my experience, experience abroad. But that did make it that much harder for me to communicate what I didn't like, where I or I preferred. While so living, so how did you deal with that? We got so passive aggressive. We had like a like a whiteboard to communicate, <laughs> but it got so passive aggressive, and it made me avoid hanging out with that person, even though I had previously made plans. I would just, I would just rather hang out with my Asian friends um, and then I would just blow her off be- I felt bad but like because so much unpleasantness had like silently accumulated its way to this point where like I had to say no because I just preferred someone else because I was so stressed with the living conditions and it was just generally hygiene mm. issues We, we generally I think, I, I, I think we liked each other but it was hard for us to get closer because we were not dealing with the problems of living together
1: So would you do something differently if you were in that situation now?
0: I think because I've grown older, because when I lived with a roommate, I was between the ages of 20 and 21 Mm -hmm. and I was young. I didn't understand why I struggled to speak with Americans, even though I spoke fluent English and I Mm -hmm. didn't have an accent barrier at all. Um, so, the only answer is now I am more aware of my needs. I'm more confident in expressing my needs without having culture or race or age or anything becoming a barrier. I, I'm still very subtle because I was, I've been brought up to be polite. That's your nature. That's my nature. Yeah, my moon sign is Libra in case anyone cares. <laughs> we hate conflict. Um, so I would say, hey, I feel like this is bothering me, so here are a couple solutions. I don't mind doing extra work, but it would help me if so-and-so were handled in a certain sense.
1: So would, would you still feel um, worried about bringing that up directly now?
0: I, I would lie if I weren't worried, but I would, I would sort of like actively push myself to give it a chance. I might not say to their face, I'll leave a nice note with all these cute emojis to express like, you know, I come in peace. <laughs> But I would like, I would communicate. I, I wouldn't leave a passive aggressive message on the whiteboard complaining about the dishes. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. To be fair, at this point, I feel like if I'm investing time and money to live to live away from my parents, ideally, I would still prefer to live alone if I have if I do have the choice, which I do right now, and and I'm very grateful for my living conditions because I've been able to spend time alone. I now have the confidence to communicate. So. Whether I have a roommate in the future or if I have a significant other in the future, I feel like this experience itself has set me up to better understand what to do when I deal with conflict in the domestic. That's a state. win. Yeah, that's a win. It's so, a definite win. <laughs> and then,
1: more specifically, is there anything that you now know that you would want if you were living together with someone?
0: Um, I think depending on the space we have, I feel like if we if you do have the luxury, I feel like um, you there should be at least a a space where either of you can go inside and just be alone. It could be a room, it could be a corner, um, or you would have to mindfully schedule time apart if you're living in that same area. Yeah,
1: it doesn't necessarily have to be an enclosed space if Mm -hmm. what you have is a studio together. But Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, if you could schedule some alone time, like one of you could go out to a cafe or something.
0: Yeah. Um, I do think that sleeping in different rooms fixes a lot of problems but i do know that that's not something you can wish for with any partner because i think most people do see like you know sharing the same room as a default and a and a symbol of a strong relationship which i'm open to uh but when i say like sleeping apart i mean like you know so many people feel like sleeping apart is a sign of a failed intimate relationship i think so
1: yeah, yeah. people would be alarmed to hear that you're sleeping in separate rooms as a couple
0: but i feel like whether it's sleeping apart by default or, or being able to talk about sleeping apart for a certain needs or periods of time is more healthy. Because to be fair, he might snore, right? <laughs> and you might need to work later, right? Uh, and you might have a period of stress where you just wake up every four hours, right? And you need to go to the bathroom because of a weak bladder or because you're stressed. And all of this could affect the other person. And you don't want that person to resent you after 10 years and resent you for another 10 years because it's a bad idea to sleep in separate rooms. And then by the year 20 or year 25, you hate each other because of one tiny thing. He snores. You wake up all the time, right? Or you have
1: different mattress preferences, which is apparently quite common between men and women.
0: Yeah. And so like, so either you agree to sleep separately and when you feel the need to be intimate, it doesn't have to be like, you know, physical intimacy, but just to be intimate. Then... It's like it's like going on a date. It's like scheduling date night. It's a good thing. Or if you don't mind sharing that type of closeness physically with a person in the same bed, then you're also confident and trusting in this relationship enough to say, Hey, I need to, I have a plane to catch tomorrow. It just doesn't work when we're sleeping together. Do you mind if I sleep on the couch or in the guest room?
1: This reminds and... me of that episode in how I met your mother when Lily and <laughs> oh, Marshall decided to have twin beds.
0: Oh yeah. It was nice. I, I applaud that. Like, kudos to them. I feel like you don't have to make sleeping apart a default, but you should be able to be confident enough to know that, hey, we can do this once in a while or for a couple months or for a year and we can go back to sleeping together. But this should not be taking things away from your relationship. It should be helping yeah. both of you grow together. I mean, I was
1: skeptical initially, but now you've explained that. I can see how it would work. But I feel like you still need to schedule, schedule some cuddle time. Oh cuddling is for I sure mean, it's like you, yeah like and if, you if don't you're the couch not sharing the same bed you you need to have that specifically because otherwise you you might not have specific yeah. cuddling time
0: yeah. you need cuddling that exchange of pheromones yeah and cuddling <laughs> is so nice when you want to peacefully address issues that are i wouldn't say uncomfortable but deep i say deep yeah. because when you're vulnerable it's, it is kind of uncomfortable, but cuddling helps. That's It would be true. weird if you sat down with your partner and be like, here's a contract. I mean, look, I do believe that there's some merit in Sheldon's <laughs> relationship, multiple <laughs> relationship contracts. I mean, there was a <laughs> point where Penny and Leonard needed it, right? But I, I do understand the the purpose of that and the value in that but come on if you could cuddle and talk about it, it's better than you know having a cup of coffee and sitting and at a table and going over a contract about your relationship right but you
1: could combine the two you could cuddle and look at the contract together you put couldn't. it up as a
0: powerpoint you would need someone who would want to go through the pain of pulling out that contract because you know sheldon enjoys contracts but most people are just they're lazy to do the dishes you think they have the time to pull out a powerpoint i feel like you would need the contract
1: because when i told you i got engaged your first question was have you considered a prenup
0: (laughs) hey okay so i learned about a prenup (laughs) in clubhouse which is a fossil in today's timeline it was something that got super popular not cool anymore totally it was cool for five months and then it, it fizzled out or maybe longer. I, I I mean I mean no harm or offense towards others who invested in Clubhouse. But anyways, my point <laughs> being there was this open discussion about prenups. And I feel like in in the long term, it's a wise practical decision in both emotional and financial levels. Okay. Regardless of who makes the bread and or more bread in the house. What a prenup does is that eliminates financial disparity and that basically means power disparity and one person relies on the other person financially say so that there was agreement to raise the kids and quit your job whether that's a guy with the woman right then if you divorce that person without a prenup that guarantees some type of financial stability after the marriage then it just becomes impossible to leave a toxic relationship if necessary right hmm. it also gives you yeah i haven't person- really thought about
1: that Yeah, I feel like this is a whole another episode that we can make. It is,
0: it is. And I'm going to conclude really soon just to point out a few things. And if you want to talk about from a more relationship and emotional perspective, if you love someone at the moment, regardless of what, what may or may not happen to end the relationship at this moment, I do not wish ill upon you. And I wish that if if it comes to the point where we are no longer able to continue the relationship, which could end in many reasons that do not completely mm. result to the black and white term, he was a dick, she was a bitch, right? It's complicated. It puts us in a position where, every, where when there is a problem, money is not the first thing that hinders growth in this relationship, growth or communication in the relationship. Yeah.
1: When I think about it, it's sort of like to going into a marriage what it is to have a conversation before Mm. you move in together like you you think ahead to the challenges that you might face and think about how you would deal with them
0: Mm -hmm. and i just to wrap before we wrap this up um when we had this discussion i really admired something that you said which i really think is true is that i don't think that you have to have a prenup to have a successful relationship because financial issues or emotional emotional needs. No one knows what's going to happen down that line. Yeah. But if you're not secure or trusting of this relationship to, to, I'd say peacefully, I wouldn't say like you wouldn't be emotional about it, but like just to rationally and peacefully express your feelings towards the need of a prenup. If you can't have that conversation, then there might be a lot of conversations that you will struggle to have. And I'm not saying that's the end of the relationship, but that's something you have to consider in the future. So it's like a good test. Hey, do you want to talk about a prenup and see how they react? You did don't I have to that? have one. That's you did true. say that. you said It was very wise. Wise words of Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I, do, a book. I do feel like we should move on to the next question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's, let's wrap it up. Um, okay. we, we've talked about a lot of things that we want to consider before moving in together. So what's mm-hmm. our
0: advice? two people who want to move in together as a couple well to go on off our previous discussion and not to extend it to the point where we can't wrap this up is to normalize all types of conversations because living together is a step towards intimacy and that is a culmination of many things it's emotional intimacy it's material intimacy it's just learning how to be used to someone and not wanting to rip their heads apart after, you know, just five months right, <laughs> or five days. Right? <laughs> it's, it's to know how to be compassionate and also know your own boundaries. And to be fair, I would say that like, if you talked about this the moment, oops, <laughs> drinking too much. I'm burping. <laughs> um, it's late here in Taipei. Um, so what I was trying to say was, uh, it's actually very, it's very awkward and almost too kind con- like too artificial, I'd say, to say, okay, we're going to live together right now. Let's talk about it because it's better than not talking about it. But that also kind of sets up a mood where yeah. I don't think people are very it's like, comfortable. Ooh, serious conversation mood. Yeah, it's like when you're going into a business deal, you do not lash out on your potential partner about what you really feel. You are diplomatic about it. And di- diplomacy is good. But I feel like diplomacy should be normalizing these conversations before you have to make that decision under a specific time frame. And then you're diplomatic in a very natural sense. You don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. You want to be honest. You want to be calm. You don't want to be emotional or easily offended. And you talk about these a couple of times before you're even close to making that step. So you have time to process what the other person thinks. Maybe you're being too sensitive. When I say you're being too sensitive, I mean like guard it in a sense where you're not open to potential options, not that you're invalidating your own feelings, right? And when you have time to think about the other person's perspective and you have time to calmly, and I would say more naturally communicate your perspective, then you both have time for that sense of, you know, the other person's thoughts and feelings to sort of ruminate a bit in your mind before you're close to making that big step. And I feel like that's a more, it's, it's organic in a sense that you're not expected to make a decision at that moment. And it's inorganic, but necessary in a sense where like you're being mindful about normalizing these topics so you have time to process these topics. That's my advice. How about you? You know, I
1: think it would be really useful if we came up with a questionnaire or something for <laughs> people who are about to move in together. You know, like these sort of icebreaker conversation cards that mm. people can have when they go on dates. As Mm -hmm. you said, it can be sort of an awkward topic to bring up and you might not know what to cover. But if you have like an existing list of things you can refer to, that could be Mm -hmm. helpful. Like, what are your thoughts on sharing chores kind of thing?
0: Well, Phoebe, if we ever become famous and obtain some type of sponsorship, we should invest in designing a set of cards to help people navigate the ups and downs about Relationships, moving together, from the most arbitrary philosophical topics to the nitty gritty of who the fuck should put the dishes in the dishwasher, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like we would be really good at making conversation cards. Mm-hmm. We would. Um, so, before we wrap up this episode, um, there is something I like to ask you because you actually have much more experience like we said earlier in living in a relationship together right and you talked about your pet peeves but what can you say to the to our gorgeous audience for anyone who is listening you are gorgeous from the bottom of my heart <laughs> um what would you have to say about the perks of finally being able to i wouldn't like as, i wouldn't say successful but to be comfortable and willing to navigate an intimate partnership in the same house with someone what are the perks what are the, the beautiful drops of wisdom that you've learned from all of these experiences well
1: <laughs> I, I could say a lot but then that would be kind of showing off
0: no you don't have to it, feel bad uh, about showing off you found a right person and your best friend approved so show off yeah. <laughs> well it's bloody
1: great. It's, it's great it's I'm having such a good time <laughs> I think one, once you've had that experience of living on your own and you're living together with the right person, it's like twice as great as living on your own. Mm-hmm. You you have someone to share your happiness with. You're never bored. You get plenty of cuddling. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can come home to a ready-made meal and candles on the table. And yeah, you just always so nice. have someone to share your moments with, whether you're mm. happy or you're sad, then there's someone there for you. And mm. I I always thought that it would be more complicated than this. And with some some people, it can be, but it's very cliche, but it all works together if you have the right person. And, and I do
0: think he's the right person because I've asked you hard questions throughout the course of, you know, your dating relationship to up to the point where you engaged and when you got yeah. engaged. And I feel like your answers have always been wise, enlightening and very honest. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you're going to hate me for sharing this, but just a while ago, when we were going over the talking points for this episode, Frank did the sweetest thing, a very sweet display of PDA. (laughs) And for someone who is extremely judgmental and single towards MRT PDA, (laughs) I was I thought it was the sweetest thing. And I feel like I feel like, yeah, you're right with the right person. It's the right vibe. It, it, it sounds yeah. so millennial and so arbitrary to use vibe as a way to conclude your relationship. But um, Alex, when I hear you guys talk about each other, I don't hear his pers- perspective. It just hearing your stories. I feel like you have more positive things to say about this person than negative. That's, that's a great thing. And seeing how you guys navigate through everything just gives you, just gives someone hope knowing that, you know, it, it can work out when you Aww. when you love yourself and you give yourself time to wait for the right person. And I say this from someone who's been with you since college and honey, I'm so proud. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>, I'm blushing. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. So, do you think we can wrap this episode at this moment? I I think I gave a very heartwarming speech. <laughs> I know it's very very
1: heartwarming. heartwarming. <laughs> I don't know what to follow that with. <laughs> Yeah, I I also want to say that it's not just about the other person. It's also about you. And that's where we started. That you need to find who you are. And if you don't have that, there is no right person because you're you're not ready. Yeah. So don't don't be worried if everyone you're meeting seems to be not the right person. Maybe that just means you you need to find out a bit more about yourself.
0: Yeah. And it's all it doesn't matter which age you're in. Because to be fair, if you don't find a person, that's not going to take away the value from who you are. But if you are interested in looking for a partnership, whether that be a marriage, um, um, a partnership or just living with someone, um, knowing that knowing yourself and learning to accept everything about yourself uh, is more beneficial than you think it is when it comes to you know working on intimate relationships with someone else. Oh, God, this sounds so cliche and cheesy, but it's so true. I think we've elevated this to a whole new level of cheesy. Well, it's a cliche because it's true. So, Hmm. Anyways, (laughs) thank you so much for tuning in. We're so happy that after such a long time of getting caught up with life that we're finally able to record our first episode. And we're going to take this slow. Um, Our next episode will come in January. Phoebe and I uh, want to take things slow while we balance work, life, relationships, and the podcast. Mm -hmm so see you marriage in a month. planning <laughs> I'm so excited uh yeah so guys see you in a month bye see you bye